What up, guys and gals, dudes and dudettes? It's your boy Rick here, the host of the No Soliciting Experience. I just want to ask you guys a huge favor before we get into today's podcast is if you guys find value, if there's something that you learned, if there's something that you can apply today, I just ask that you share it with friends, coworkers, managers, owners, whatever it may be. If you find value in today's episode, just share it on your social media. Tag me, as you know, most active on social on social media through Instagram at um, No Soliciting Bra. So yeah, let's uh, get into it. Cue the music and get on to today's episode. listening experience it's your boy rick uh, super excited for today's guest we've been going back and forth for it feels like forever right been a huge fan of his progression in the industry since he first started um literally one of the dopest dudes and one of the, one of the most hardworking people i've ever met so without further ado uh today's guest is sean holmender sean thank you so much for being on brother appreciate everything that that you do and for taking time out of your day uh, to hop on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is take two. Uh, we took it uh, back a while ago, but it's interesting because every time like, you know, time passed, I just feel even more like, you know, so much more has happened. It's like, it's better every in this industry, like every few months pass by something completely changed in your life. So there's even more to talk about, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Of course, brother. So for those people who don't know you, give us a little, give us the the cliff notes version of, I guess, how you got into the industry and where, where you're at right now. Yeah, so I actually started in this industry back in 20, I want to say 2019. Um, I was 19 years old, basically about to turn 20, um, started a month before my 20th birthday. Uh, I started up in New England. So Rhode Island and Massachusetts was my market starting out in solar. Um, a smaller, brand new company. The office was like a old rundown mill, like super, you could just notice you're like, am I about to get kidnapped? Like on my first day, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, a great company. I had a great manager, taught me a lot. He was from like Norway or so he had this cool accent. Um, I ended up making the decision six months in to join a different company, a bigger one out in California, just because I saw so much of the, the glitz, the glamour, you know, all the stuff that those, that these companies post and uh, I wanted to check it out. And, you know, I did that. And I'd like to say, you know, usually the grass isn't greener on the other side. But sometimes, you know, when you look around, you really do want to surround yourself with people that are really pushing that have high goals and stuff like that, because you can be an absolute beast. But if you're surrounded by people that just don't have super high standards, then it's just not going to bring it out of you. And you're just going to make excuses like like they are. So it was a good decision to go do that. Spent a year, uh, I think a year and a half over there about. Uh, moved to Florida somewhere in between that. Um, and I loved Florida. I fell in love with Florida, selling solar in Florida, big system sizes, started making a lot of money. Um, you know, I already kind of was making a lot of money, but 
Florida just tur turned things up even more. Um, and then I went and, and about two months ago, I started my own company. So, you know, now I've started Rise Solar Solutions and with a few, a uh, few buddies from the last company, it's been, it's been a really awesome ride. Dude, I love that. So it's interesting how you say every few months things can change and that's how fast this in, this industry changes. A few months, something comes up, a new market opens up, <clears throat> there's a new place to fulfill, um, I'm, I'm just curious in your take, because you're, you're still pretty young, right? What, what have you done to keep yourself ready for opportunities when, when they come? Yeah, I'm, I'm 22. So I'm still pretty young. Uh, what I, you know, ever since I started and even before I started in the industry, I was delivering pizzas and, you know, shucking oysters at this, this seafood restaurant, but I was studying business. I was studying investing um, sales. I never thought I would get into until after I was in it, like I literally was in it. I was like, oh, this is sales. And, and that was what it was. But I had been studying business, not sales. Um, but that, studying business, sales is business or business is sales. So it had just gotten me so prepared for it. And when I learned that I could learn sales and that would help me even more later on in life with business, because sales is everything. I mean, a business is simply, you know, how much do you sell? Um, I really got, I really got addicted to just getting better at stuff. So, you know, constantly developing, I know a lot of people say that, but it's absolutely true. You should be constantly, you know, in between a book or, you know, listening to a podcast when you're driving, um, because I'm just constantly leveling up my business or sales or leadership skills, something like that. So that, because I just know my future belongs in business, uh, and investing. So, you know, I just keep, I keep studying the business so that when I want to make a change, I'm, I'm most likely ready for it. You're never going to be fully ready for a new venture, but the more you've practiced and studied, the more, you know, the, the, the faster you can catch on and just blow up in that space. Yeah. I love that dude. Absolutely agree. Like at a young age, you're talking about just being prepared and that's, that's what it comes down to. Most people just aren't prepared for opportunities the main reason you take an opportunity is because you're able to see and you're able to recognize what that opportunity looks like and what that opportunity will yield as a result. Most people see opportunities like, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it. We've, we've all seen it. We have a great summer. We have a great year. And we talk to our buddies, right? Our old friends from back home. And we're like, dude, this is so great. Like this is literally one of the best opportunities there is, it's the best opportunity that, that I've taken. But we're even with that, our friends say no. Because they're so comfortable in where they're at in life that they refuse to see the opportunity, but not just do they, not only do they refuse, but they can't even recognize the opportunity because they're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. So whenever opportunity comes, as long as you've been you know, developing yourself, you're able to recognize what that opportunity is. You're able to see like an actual return and you're like, I, I can do something with that rather than just saying no, because you're not ready. Like you can like, okay, I, I can see me doing that and I can see this potential and I can see this, this possible outcome. And then you just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing about preparation is like, I don't care how old you are listening to this, but you don't know where you're going to be in five, 10 years. You don't know. I definitely don't know, but what I did know uh, was that I was going to be involved in business. I want, I knew I was going to become rich. Um, somehow I knew I probably wasn't going to be, 
I probably was going to be an actor, you know, uh, athlete or anything like that. So I knew it was going to happen in business. I had that general idea. So I know 10 years down from the road, down the road from now, I'm not going to be what I'm thinking I am right now. It'll be a little bit to the left or right or north or south, but I know it'll be in business. So that's why I'm just putting so much of my attention and learning it. I even like, for instance, I learned Spanish in high school just because I knew I was going to be a business guy. And I knew that, you know, most of the country is starting to speak Spanish. So I should probably learn that. So just getting prepared for the general idea that I have of what my future is going to look like, even though I don't know exactly. Dude, that's insane. You're literally describing what I did for years when I first started. Um, dude, I'm, I'm actually going to share this story with you. Um, I don't think I've ever like publicly said this, but when I first started doing sales, I would say maybe a year, two, year three, when I was really getting burnt out, right? I was at a point, dude, where I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like if there was someone outside, dude, just instantly triggered. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not talking to them because I'm just, I can't, you know, I remember I would fake phone calls as I'm walking by and I used to talk, like if I were like a regional, if I were talking, like, you know, someone of authority within the company and a few months ago, we're building a team, right? And I'm, I'm on the phone with some of my bosses and we're like, well, if it makes sense, we'll just move them over here, move this over there. And dude, just literally just like, talking like the same way I talked back to them, right? It's crazy how like visualization and manifestation works in, in, in that way where like five, six, seven years ago, I was a kid that was too scared to talk to people at one point and I'd fake these conversations and now I'm actually having those conversations. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Just, just visualizing like, a general idea of what you want. Like I still visualize myself in the supercars and the yachts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I want my future to look like. And guess what? I, I can already guess that in 10 years I'll, I'll be on one, you know, however mm-hmm. that story was, maybe it's my best friends or maybe it's mine or I don't know, but I know like, you know, that'll be a part of my life because I'm visualizing it now. So I feel that a hundred percent. It's crazy how it all works, man. So uh, you said a few, about a year ago, you were already looking at starting up your own business or starting up your own company. What what happened? Because obviously things happen along the way to be like, you know what? It's time. I believe in myself and it's time for me to bet on myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to say like nothing happened. Like I was with a great organization, no doubt. I mean, I, I have a lot of uh, respect for them and they, they helped me come up a lot from, from where I was. But um, at a certain point, I felt like I was really, really good at the managing side. I was probably their, I was their top manager. I was the top sales rep for basically the whole year. Um, and I kind of started making requests. Uh, I want to build this thing out even more. And I wanted to change some things and, and uh, you know, take on more responsibility. And I basically got a big no. And when I got that no, I realized, like, I'm, I'm first of all, I've never been good with authority. Um, <laughs> and... Second of all, like I really have always wanted to start a business and I had heard of the entrepreneur, entrepreneur thing. So if you're, if you're in a business with a great other leader, then great. You can stay in that business and do the same thing. If that guy, you know, if that owner wants to, you know, really respects you and, and takes your opinions into consideration. But if they don't, you, you kind of have to go and, and figure out on your own, you know, because I was, I would, I felt so stuck not being able to do the things that I thought we should do to build the organization um, that I just said, you know what, I'm going to go out and do it on my own. So no disrespect to anyone, but you know, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. And it was what I'd been thinking about for 
for a really long time. Dope, I love that. And I, I love how you bring up the entrepreneur and entrepreneur, right? Because everyone in this industry claims to be an entrepreneur. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, cool. Well, I mean, we all have multiple LLCs if we even have one set up, you know? But if you're within an organization and you do one thing exceptionally well and management or ownership sees that and, and they let you run with it, they have a clear, I guess, they understand delegation. And if you can't delegate, you will never grow, right? Mm -hmm. But again, you also realize if you're like, okay, this isn't for me. Like I've built as much as I can. Now I need to build more, right? And the ceiling is there within an organization. Sometimes you got to break through that ceiling and create your own organization in which you can do everything that benefits, not just you, but it benefits your people first. And as a return, then you get elevated as well. 100 percent dude I, I did feel like i hit a ceiling and and uh and that's exactly what what i was yeah that's what i what i mean is like i kind of hit a ceiling and uh that's why you know i'm lucky i learned that experience for for my business is like if i have a guy who's as hungry as as driven as, as i am um, i'm not going to keep them in one spot like i'm not just going to only let them be a manager and not listen to any of their ideas or or uh that that wants to build the organization if someone has like you know feel has the ownership mentality and they they're telling you ideas that hey dude if we do this i think it's going to blow it up um if i get that now because of my experience that i learned i'm going to say hey dude go try it out go give it a try i have nothing to lose um but you you sound hungry maybe it works maybe it doesn't but go after it you know so giving out uh authority you know giving out authority and and um leadership i'm not gonna you know uh i'm not gonna sleep on that now because of my experience it's just a true sign of leadership. Like, oh, <clears throat> one second. One of my guys came up to me six months ago. And he's like, you know what? Door to door isn't for me. I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Like, what do we, what are you gonna do? And they're like, well, I'm I'm gonna go do this. Something that he's passionate about, something that didn't yield the highest return right now, but given like a year or two, it will. You know, and I was like, all right, dope, dude, go for it. And like, I support him, whatever he's doing, like if he's selling anything, then I buy it, you know, but that's just a true sign of leadership. Like if your leaders want to keep you, I guess, within the bubble and keep you there for a long time, I mean, it's, it's not, I, I, I find that to be a little toxic, but then again, that's my own opinion. Like as, as leaders, who are we to limit the progression of our people? We're in, you know, a position of leadership because, well, we do pretty well, but we do pretty well at this one thing, right? And that's something that I myself, and I imagine a lot of leadership across the industry does, like we're good at this and sometimes only this. And sometimes we can't see the opportunity that they see for themselves. So who are we to limit their progression? So if any of my guys, they say, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, all right, dude, go for it. I'm like, literally, if you're selling anything, let me know. And I'll be the first one to support and I'll buy that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't know what people like, what their strengths are or anything like that. Even within the organization, mm -hmm. someone is a decent salesman. They could be a lot better of a recruiter. And, yeah. You know, they, if, they, if they voice that opinion to them, give let them take a try at it, you know, don't limit people. 
because only they know what they're capable of. You don't know, you don't know anything really about them. Um, internally and what they're thinking, what they study and all that stuff. So, and what they're interested in. So let them go give it a try as long as it doesn't like hurt the business, obviously. Yeah. Hindsight actually. And it's, and it's funny you mentioned that being like being a better recruiter than salesperson. One of the things that I've recently encountered with my organization is, I mean, my, my, my bosses are older, right? I would like to, I would like to consider myself young, but I'm just a few years younger than they are. But I still have the creativity of that of a, you know, significantly, significantly younger person. And so if you are in an organization that's like a little bit harder to get things done with, like new things, start doing it at a small level and let that compound, right? Because it's one thing to show up to management and ownership, be like, yo, I have this idea. And I think it's going to do really well. If they shoot it down at first, then you know what? If if you if you are so bought into your idea, this this is a test. If you're so bought into your idea, start doing it. Don't take company resources, right? Don't take time off the doors. Don't take literally do it on your time. And once the results start coming in, you just keep going harder at it, and you let those results compound. Now that you have data to prove that your idea was actually that it actually works, bring it back up to management and be like, yo, you remember that, that talk we had a few months ago, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You have results to speak. And if you're dead set on staying within the organization, cause you love it there, you love the culture of the people. That's, that's what you do. Sometimes ownership, leadership, people that we look up to, if you've ever seen Shrek, you know, ogres are like onions. So we're actual leadership, bro. You got to peel them back one layer at a time. And by bringing results in there and be like, okay, cool. Now you have our support. What do you need? Because that's, that's, that's what I did. And now, dude, I run basically free with what I do. And I've been able to bring on over 50 people to the organization since January 1st. And they're solid. They're not like janky people they're like they produce the first week they're here yeah i like that i like that leaders are uh ogres are, so i like that yep ogres are like onions people are like onions bro we got layers mm-hmm. but we have multiple different types of layers we have emotional layers relationship layers business layers leadership like literally i don't know it's 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 a hard concept to try to explain but if you know you know <laughs> yeah yeah but no i feel you i mean if you have an idea you got to go out and just like put put yourself in those shoes first and let people see it like if you want to be a manager but there's other guys that have been managing way longer than you you know you're not going to get considered because these guys are basically have been in there way longer you just got to take on that role without asking anyone take it on start managing don't ask for compensation and guess what people are going to see that and when you're like you said when you approach them the next time hey you see what i've been doing these past two months like now it's you know maybe there's it's time to like switch the compensations for this or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then they'll be like, yeah, of course, dude, you got to make it seem like it's, it's a great idea. There's already proof behind it. So mm-hmm. I'm with you, mm-hmm. it there's, I think if, if you're going to be doing something like this, make sure that your intentions come not from how does this benefit me? Mm-hmm. Your intentions have to be set in a way that you're like, this is how it benefits all of us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because the way I see it, it's going to benefit the organization, which then benefits the people who are already here because they get opportunities to train, which will push them up into leadership. 
right? And then the new people that we bring in, they're going to start producing from day one. They'll understand the standard. We're cementing the culture of what we currently have, right? The more that that's, the more that that culture is cemented, then they start sharing with their people and indirectly we're impacting hundreds of thousands of people, which would then get curious about the organization and come right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always keep the, don't, if you just keep yourself in mind, the, first of all, no one else is going to care. See that your, your idea is only for you. Um, and so how is that even going to benefit the company? But if you keep the, the idea based on the company or on the team, always think about team, uh, people are going to be able to get behind your idea and just be like rocket boosters to your idea and absolutely blast it up even faster. You can't do anything. If you try, it's going to take a lot longer than it would have yep. other people with you. Exactly. Like if we look at some of the greatest inventions ever made, they benefit the multitude, not just the one person. The light bulb, dude, we, we wouldn't have light. We wouldn't have like freaking lights at night without the light bulb, right? Every, almost everyone in, in, in the world runs a Mac. Right? Steve Jobs just simplified technology for people. It's when you bring the value towards other people, then you win. But you, you eat last, right? Like with us in my organization, when we're talking about like payout and compensations, I am literally the last person that gets paid. My reps get paid before I do. And I love that because you constantly have to think like that. Always put yourself last. Leaders eat last because um, who said, it? I think it was Zig Ziglar said, uh, you can get anything in this life that you want if you help enough people get what they want. So constantly mm-hmm. about other people. How can I provide value, add value to other people? You may not even see the compensation side of it yourself right away but it doesn't matter because it always follows that if you provide a ton of value to other people i promise you the compensation always follows behind that eventually and in yep. big, the more value you provide like you said elon musk with the tesla he provided so many tesla so much like actual value to the world that like he's the richest man on earth now he's the richest yeah. guy in the yeah. I, that's insane how it works bro because it's like if you're a leader or you want to get into leadership, this, this is the key. Bring value to others, right? I think one of, the, one of the things that I've contributed to my people's success is that as soon as they get onboarded, they get access to my Google Drive. And that's like, dude, I mean, Sean, you get it. I mean, you're part of Knockstar. You, you have access to all these different things, right? I have access to all those courses, all those programs, anything you can think of, I've bought in at least once. And that's all in my Google Drive. And as soon as they get onboarded, and as soon as they have a date to come out, right, I give them access to it. And I'm like, go nuts, right? This mm-hmm. is worth tens of thousands of dollars that I've spent myself. Help yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just give, 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 because it's going to come back to you, no doubt. Oh, yeah. You know, the better they are, the better you're going to do. So, yeah, it's just give, give, give. Even if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, if you give them something that doesn't actually provide you any direct compensation, well, guess what? They're going to like you more. They're going to you know, be more sticky to you and, mm-hmm. and last longer and do better. And, and it's always going to come back to you no matter what. Yeah. Dude, I love that. And that's, and that's one of the things that I saw, that I saw you emulate. Like when we, um, November in Yosemite and just overall, dude, this is just what it comes down to. Your people come first once they're, once they're successful, then you can focus on yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've given out like personal loans to people to move in. That, like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you think you're going to get that back, you might not be careful. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, people that's... love, it. I mean, love you for it though. So. Yeah. It's they, they, they will be loyal to you no matter what. And it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's not the sense of loyalty as like, you, you essentially like like golden handcuffs, which is another thing. It's like, dude, go, go do it. Like, okay, you need this, go do it. Like, I don't want to hear an excuse of like, oh, well, you know, if I had this, if I had that, you know, if I could just get out there, cool, come out here, prove it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. They so leave you leaders. should the term of, of golden handcuffs, like, no, I mean, you should, you should really just be a good enough of a leader that that's kind of like your golden handcuffs. They just, you know, why would they leave you if you're if you're the best leader that you can be? You're mm-hmm. gonna lead, you're gonna lead lead them, and they believe that you're gonna lead them to, you know, the promised land or, or wherever they want to go. Their goals, you know, there's no reason for them to leave you. So the term of you know golden handcuffs isn't really isn't really needed. No, that's not it's just like cool. If you if you need some, and I literally this literally just happened a few weeks ago. Like there's this kid who we ran into. Well, we knocked into and he was telling us about a situation like we had literally just flipped one of his deals because his, his closer wasn't wasn't honest. So he's like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, and he just tells us like, yo, this is what I want to do. No matter what, I'm, I'm going to make this solar thing work. I just feel like I can't make it work here. So I sat down with him. We had lunch. Right. We talked about what he had in the pipeline and his fear of losing his pipeline. And I'm like, no, I mean, rightfully so, you, you should be scared. I would be scared if I didn't know how I was going to replace my pipeline. So we walked through the steps of what it would look like to replace his pipeline. And within two weeks, he replaced it. Within three weeks, he had doubled it. So that's sometimes that's all they need. They, they just sometimes all your people need is just a clear path or a blueprint of what to do. And that kid dude, was in a bad spot. So the kid we had switched over was in a bad spot. I came out of pocket, got him in a hotel, right? Got him a rental. And it's like, cool, this is what you need. Try it out. If I lose, I lose a thousand bucks, like big whoop, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'd rather lose a thousand bucks and have this person possibly just benefiting. Like, it's almost like, yeah, it's it's, it's like a long-term, like, like return on my investment. But I want to see him win right now. And I know that if, if, if you're a leader, if you're in recruiting and you know your systems and processes are nailed down, you know that your training is good and you know that people will succeed as soon as you bring them into the environment. Just invest them. Just invest it. Just spend the money. Spend the damn money and get them winning. Because once they win, that just compounds. And if they went fast, the way you say your program does, and you say you the if you say if they went fast, the way that you say your program will work, they will hit the gates running. They will have so much momentum, they won't stop. And then Absolutely. later on in life, they'll be like, if it wasn't for Rick, if it wasn't for Sean, I wouldn't be here. And that's how you impact generations. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I feel that hundred percent. There's so much in that, in the, uh, so much of that in the industry too. people that just, you know, they're at a, they're at a company, they're 
who knows, maybe they're getting paid like hourly or salary or something like that. And you can, just, you know, find these people. They're like, yeah, I mean, I might leave the industry soon. They're, they're not feeling it. There's just so many people in, that are that are in solar, but not in the right way. And yeah. guys like guys like you and I are in, are in organizations that obviously do things the right way. And you can just, you know, pick those people up, repair them a little bit. And yeah, exactly. You put them on their way and now they're making four, you know, two, three, four times what they were per week or per month in your organization. It's like you just provided so much value to that person that they're going to they're going to stick to you. They're going to love you. They're going to bring their friends on. Um, and that's what it's really all about. Yeah. They will bring their friends. So funny story. <clears throat> I have a recruit. I have a recruit. He's like the number one self gener over with us right now. And every time he closed, he closes a deal. He sends me a text. He's like, yo, go buy yourself tacos. Cause I just closed another one. Just, just the, just the gratitude from this guy. You know, every single time he's like, you know what? I woke up today and I saw you on your Instagram story and you look a little skinny. I'm going to go get you fed. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's, that's, that's like the level of gratitude that your people will have. If you put them in the right environment and the right situation, give them the tools and resources that they need. They will do anything for you mm-hmm. because you did everything for them. Yeah. And I'll say this, like, as far as recruiting, I have, I don't recruit directly too, too much, but what, what does make me a great recruiter? Um, I, I came into, into Florida and there was like five people. We were like five people in a room by the end of a few months, like two, three months, we had like 30 people. Um, so literally five to like 30 people. I was the only executive from the company out here. So, um, and my best way in recruiting isn't direct recruiting, but just, just providing so much value and, you know, giving so much to my people and just providing so much gratitude, like you said, and like we're talking about, that they bring their friends on. So yeah, I literally, that's, that's the key. Yeah, I literally just double, like if I have a group of five, I double it to 10 and then it doubles to 20, doubles to 30. I don't even spend any money on, you know, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, none of that. It's, and I don't even go and directly recruit people, which I should. But, you know, it's just providing so much value that, that they just bring on their friends and they literally multiply you make people happy and you, you make them, you know, money and you have help them hit their goals, they're just going to bring up people on. Why wouldn't they? Exactly. It, it makes sense because they're like, dude, I finally found a place. Naturally ask people, right? If you find a good restaurant, what are you going to do, bro? Mm-hmm. You're going to tell all your buddies who like to eat as good as you do. You're like, dude, I found this place. It's so sick. We should go here for lunch. Or we should go here for dinner. Like whatever that is, right? You create that same culture, that same environment within your organization, and you bring people in, people are going to share that. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's, here's a big thing. There have been so many times where I have, I myself have been in a good situation, but whatever it may have been within the organization, I was like, I can't bring my friends in here. Like, I can put up with this, but I don't know if I wouldn't want my friends to come here. Mm-hmm. As a leadership yeah, if you're an owner, pay really close attention to this. You have to create a culture and an environment that not just your people thrive, but they want other people to thrive. Because, and, and it goes to show how good of a culture you're creating. They say that it's lonely at the top, and it's only lonely because you didn't bring people with you. These people that you're bringing in want to bring other people with them. So what does that say about what you're doing? 
I say you're on the right path. And if you're not getting these results, I would figure out what you're doing to not yield these results and change that ASAP. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think of like building a business or building a team or, or whatever it is, is like building a product. You're literally building a product with all these different, you know, gizmos and widgets and stuff. There's a lot to think about, no doubt. <clears throat> but it's just every day taking massive action to improve every part of it. You know, what's my packaging? What's my branding? Uh, what's the, how does it work? Does it work well? Is it a good system? Is it effective? So it's just constantly like making it better and better. And the better, more pretty that object is. I mean, look at like when you buy an Apple phone, when you get one for Christmas and you unwrap it, dude, I love this packaging. You know, something about yeah. it perfect. And, and then you feel so it. nice. Yeah. And the product's just like perfect and you love it. Like that's why everyone has an Apple phone. It's one of the reasons it's such a, a well-made product. It's well-designed and and it actually works well. It gets the job done. So it's when you're building your team or you're building your organization, think of it like a product like that. And the better it is, the prettier it is, um, the more you're going to get uh, it just people attracted to it. It's just super thoughtful. It's more than just the phone. Like the phone itself is the phone. Like it serves a purpose. But if you can enjoy every aspect of the experience, that's why they use the specific uh, tape that they use, right? Because it cuts nice. You know, that's why they use the wrapping that they do around all the phones. If I, I literally just had to buy AirPods and I was like, man, I miss this. And it's like the feeling of like a brand new set of AirPods, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like on my 12th pair, right? And it's, <laughs> and it's like, I open it up, I'm like, dang, like, I almost don't want to open this because it looks so nice, right? Dude, anyone can have the product. Anybody can have the organization. Anybody can have the pay, the culture, whatever. But the experience of buying it, bringing it, you know, opening up, unwrapping it, right? That's where we find the weird joy in the purchase. It's the overall experience. And Apple has a nail down. Oh, yeah. I mean, people go, look on YouTube. People have unboxing videos. Um, there was this one kid from my school who used to just make videos of him buying new, like, DVDs, like, unboxing them. Because, you know, they, they just box them so well. And, like, people just get addicted to that. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Exactly. So where, where in your process as an organization, where, where is your experience factor? And yeah. if you don't have one, then this is a good time to reflect. Like, how can I do that? Yeah. What can I tweak and improve? How can I go from iPhone, you know, 13 to 14? How mm -hmm. can I improve this? Um, look at the companies. They're just so well designed. Their, their storefront is beautiful. They attract people in. Everything's clean. It's the same thing. But obviously, you're you're in an organization that maybe you have an office, but you don't have a storefront. How can you make your systems and your gears and your levers just perfectly oiled and, and well well working, and every system's working well? Um, so you have to study the game, and you have to you know talk to people, talk to people with experience, and just really up level and, and take massive action, of course, too. You know, that's why CEOs work, you know, around the clock. It's why a lot of the managers in this industry, I mean, managers do a lot of the work. They're working around the clock. Yep. It's, it's, it's a big, if you want to separate, that's what you have to do. It's, and it's so funny you mentioned that. There's been so many times where I'm like at home working on something, you know, like whether it's onboarding process or I'm working on team building over here or whatever it is that I'm working on. And I like text um, I text Matt, right? He's, he's the corporate center trainer. He's the guy who I work with the most. And I send this over to him 
And within five minutes, I get a response. And it's like 1 a.m. And I'm like, bro, are you still up? He's like, yep, I'm just working on some stuff. Like, dude, leadership never stops working. It's 24-7, dude, around the clock. 24-7. And I'm a light sleeper. So reps call me. If I wake up, I wake up and I take the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, dude, yeah, I just realized that I do that. That's probably not healthy. But, hey, my my people come first, okay? <laughs> Before my sleep, yeah. Yeah, dude, for real. I'll, I'll, I'll just take hella coffee and lots of energy drinks the next day. And naps. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it is 24 seven. I mean, there's never a time when you're like not working when you're awake. I mean, even when you're not working, you're thinking about what you're going to do next and you're plotting your days out, you're plotting your week out, uh, time blocking and all these things. And it's, it's awesome. I wouldn't want it any other way. It's fun. It's exciting, man. Um, now I know we've probably gone over a little bit on time. So I guess to wrap this up for the first episode, cause I know I'm going to have you on for a little bit actually a few times. Um, if there's one piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you first started, whether that be in Massachusetts or when you first start, got to California, if you can go back and give that person one piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah. When I started, I think I did, I think I did a lot of things right in order to keep myself in the business and, and level up as quickly as possible. I, I wasn't I wasn't great. A lot of people say I caught on right away. There's no doubt that that's just not true for me. It took me like a month to get my whole, I got like one sale my first month and I think it canceled and like one my next month. It was very tough at first, but what I would have told myself is, um, you know, just the more, you know, you get, so when you're new, the reason you don't take as much action as you should, the guys that are, are, are older to the business actually seem like they take more action than the guys that are newer to the business which makes no sense. Um, and the reason for that is people newer to the business are so scared. They're so anxious. Um, and I would just say, you know, get rid of that anxiety uh, and just, just go out and take action, get a ton of rejection to your face. And then if you do that for your first couple of weeks, just, you know, 24 um, seven, you're on the, you're on the doors all throughout the sunlight hours of the day. And don't be fearful. Don't sit in your car. Don't, uh, don't stay at home a little longer than you should or at the office or, or, or take super long drives to turf just because you don't want to hit the doors. Like just get out there and just hit a ton of doors and you'll catch on way faster than, than I did. Um, so I would, I would say that just, just get rid of the anxiety. Don't worry about it and just hit as many doors as possible. If you're brand new. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, where, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, it's at Sean Hallmander, S E A N H O L M A N D E R. Uh, on Instagram. That's mainly where I'm at. Dope. All right, brother. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having me on, dude. Always a pleasure. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. They say you a superstar now, damn, I guess I am. You might be the man, well, that's unless I am. <laughs> okay, I'll confess I am. Go ahead and get undressed, I am. Okay, cool. You on sunset? I am. I'm about to slide, okay, I'm outside, okay This lifestyle don't got many downsides Except for the lack of time I get round my family Making sure they never downsize I got visions of my mom saying, wait, this house is mine Can't lie, I'm on Angus Cloud 9 I got him on the bandwagon now, about time I ain't even got no downtime Every time I speak, she say, yeah, that sounds fine I've been a 
throw up the sex in her 